Well, tonight we're going to talk about an exciting subject that I think is pertinent to the body of Christ right now, specifically with what's taking place in the world. Tonight we're at a Bible study in Central Florida, and so we wanted to go live and on Quantum Kingdom Life, we wanted to send out a message that we believe is a prophetic word right now. A prophetic word is a now word that has relevance and application. So the title of this message is Defeating the Spirit of Witchcraft. Defeating the Spirit of Witchcraft. It's subtitled How to Recognize, How to Recognize, Overcome, and Destroy the Spirit of Witchcraft. The question would be, what is witchcraft? David, how do you define witchcraft? And by the way, I'm David Herobedian, virtualchurchmedia.com, and also on Quantum Kingdom Life on Facebook. Please feel free to, to share this or invite other people on. You can also watch the recorded version of this at a later time. So what is witchcraft? Witchcraft, in its simplest terms, is the attempt to control anybody by any spirit other than the Holy Spirit. Witchcraft, in its simplest terms, is an attempt to control or manipulate or influence any individual with any spirit other than the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, and against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. That's Ephesians 6.12, New King James Version. The Old Testament prophet told King Saul these words. He told King Saul, who was anointed with the Holy Spirit, to be king. He said, Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, Saul, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, God has also rejected you from being king. 1 Samuel 15, 23. Now, it's interesting that rebellion is equal to the sin of witchcraft. We're going to find out that the witchcraft that the New Testament talks about is, in its basis form, its entry level, a work of the flesh. Notice it doesn't say it's a work of demons or it's a work of this or that, but it says it's a work of the flesh, and we're going to get to that. And rebellion is the root that allows the spirit of witchcraft to enter our lives, lay hold, grow, and flourish in our lives if we're not careful. But you're saying, well, David, I'm a Christian. I don't operate in witchcraft. Before the end of the night, before the end of this teaching, I think that you may recognize some things that might have the trappings or the influences or the systems of witchcraft when we look at it from a biblical perspective. Now, just because you've operated in witchcraft doesn't make you a witch or a warlock any more than having uh, certain systems of thinking make you into that person. Just because you caught a fish one day doesn't make you a professional fisherman. Just because you built a little birdhouse with some wood and a saw and a hammer and some nails doesn't make you a professional carpenter. And just because you've fallen prey to some uh, witchcraft-type fleshly works doesn't make you a witch or a warlock. So I want to clear the air there. At the same time, let's begin to identify, recognize, and deal with these matters, not externally to go fix the world, but we're going to deal with them first internally 
and we're going to look in the mirror and see if any of these things are so. And if so, we're going to get them dealt with in our own lives tonight. Rebellion is the root that allows the spirit of witchcraft to enter, lay hold, grow, and flourish in a person's life. Repentance from rebellion, which is as the sin of witchcraft biblically, will give the Holy Spirit permission and access to set the captive free. Jesus said in Matthew 15, 13, every plant that's not been planted by my heavenly father should be rooted up. Now we're either going to get it rooted up in this life or it's going to be rooted up in the one to come. What we don't want to happen is it be rooted up and we go with it and thrown into the fire. Instead, we want to have it rooted up and it thrown in the fire and we want heaven pretty hell hot and we want to distinguish between the two. We want to live as close to heaven on earth as we can and still remain here instead of seeing how close we can live to hell and still be saved. Is that good? Okay, so the Old Testament prophet Samuel said, rebellion is as the sin or equal to witchcraft. So rebellion is the root that opens the door. And we're going to find out that rebellion is the open door to a lot of the other works of the flesh. And remember, Saul was anointed by the Holy Spirit, yet operated in rebellion, which was as a sin of witchcraft. And as we're going to find out, Saul didn't end well. He ended up suicidal. He ended up going to the witch of Endor and paying her to do divination. So his flesh and his rebellion moved him into a higher level of witchcraft because it wasn't repented from. And if we don't deal with an issue, an issue unresolved will evolve. Unless sentence is executed speedily against a matter, it is fully set in the hearts of the sons of men to do wickedness. That's what Ecclesiastes says. Solomon, the wisest Old Testament king, said, unless sentence is executed speedily against a matter it is fully set in the hearts of the sons of men so god wants to root out rebellion he wants to reveal what witchcraft is biblically and he wants to deal with it in our lives before we go try to deal with it in everybody else's life you try to deal with it in somebody else's life and you're not delivered you're operating in witchcraft to get other people delivered from witchcraft and that's not the way to do it the holy spirit delivers people not you not me, but the Holy Spirit, he'll partner with you to get it done. So there's four REs to deliverance. And we're going to go ahead and have you write these down. And these are important, the four REs. They're, they're called REs because each word starts with R-E. So the first word is to recognize, R-E, recognize. Once we recognize we have the issue, now we can move on. And then we need to repent. The word repent, R-E, Second RE is repent. Recognize, repent. Repent is to do an about face, 180 degree opposite direction. It's to return to the penthouse, the highest place with God. Repentance is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It is the goodness of God that leads men and women to repentance. The word repent really means just to change your mind. The Greek word in the New Testament for repentance is the word metanoia. It means to think a different way, to come into alignment with God's thinking. So repentance is just, you know, I come out of agreement with that old way of thinking and I come into agreement with thinking the way God and his word 
speak about it. I agree with God and I come out of agreement with the enemy. So recognize number one, number two is repent. Number three is renounce. I renounce that as not being of God. I renounce that thing, I will not pick it up again. So you recognize it's a problem. Number two, you repent, you come out of agreement with that thing, come into agreement with God, about face, 180 degrees, repent to return to the highest place with God. And then number three, I renounce it. I want that out of my life. And then the fourth RE is to resist it because the enemy sometimes will come knocking on the door, trying to get back in. And you know, sometimes when you repent, you recognize you got a problem, you repent from the problem, you renounce the problem. Sometimes you got to change some phone numbers in your phone. Sometimes you got to come out of agreement with some people that'll come knocking on social media and try to uh, direct message you. Sometimes you just got to block them. Why? Because you don't want that spirit of compromise in your life. So it's recognize, repent, renounce, and then if it tries to come back, you resist it. Remember when the Israelites were delivered out from under Pharaoh's hand and they went to the Red Sea? Guess who followed them? Pharaoh and his army. They wanted their slaves back. And when you get free from the enemy, he'll come after you often and he'll try to get you to come back and be his servant again. But you've got to get through the Red Sea, which is symbolic of the blood of Jesus. And if he chases you through there, he'll be crushed and you'll be forever delivered. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from how much? All unrighteousness. And he does it by the blood of his son. If we say we have no sin, we deceive our own selves. If we bring our issue into the light as he is in the light the blood of his son cleanses us from all sin do you know want to know where the blood of jesus works it works in the light doesn't work in the dark why because if we hide our sin the blood of jesus doesn't work but if we confess our sin the blood of jesus in the light cleanses us from all sin so recognize repent renounce and then resist if we confess He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And guess what he does with our sins? He casts them into the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west. And he puts up a sign that says, no fishing. Isn't that beautiful? Okay, so what is witchcraft? Witchcraft, in essence, is the attempt to control anybody by any spirit other than the Holy Spirit. If any person has any other spirit they use, it is not the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is God and he is not used by anyone to accomplish their will, but rather the Holy Spirit utilizes people to accomplish the Father's will. Let me repeat that again. If any person has any other spirit, a familiar spirit, or a control spirit that they use, it's not the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is God and he is not used by anyone to accomplish their will, but rather the Holy Spirit utilizes people to accomplish the Father's will. Now, of course, when you partner with God, your will is often accomplished in the process because when we delight ourselves in the Lord, he'll give us the desires of our heart. But what does that mean? 
When we delight ourselves in the Lord, we make our heart pliable like a clay in the potter's hand to form it into what he wants. And now our heart becomes the heart of the Father, and he answers the heart of the Father in us. And that's the beautiful thing. So when we delight or make ourselves pliable in the master potter's hands, he will give us the new desires of our heart. And that desire is God's will released into the earth, in our lives and through our lives unto others. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, Romans 8, 14. The Holy Spirit wants to partner with you by the gifts of the Holy Spirit to usher heaven's already established desire into the earth so that it might be done in earth as it is in heaven. Remember Jesus said, pray that it might be done in earth as it is in heaven. So when we partner with heaven, we're releasing God's will into the earth so it might be done in earth as it is in heaven. We're not controlling people, we're releasing the Father's will and his sovereignty and his goodness and his mercy into the earth. As we go into this teaching on the spirit of witchcraft, recognizing it, overcoming and defeating it, remember first to look introspectively and ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, reveal any character traits of the work of the flesh or rebellion that would allow entry-level witchcraft or any other type of witchcraft in my life. Then, after we're done with this teaching, I encourage you, we're going to do a prayer at the end, but I encourage you also to go look in the mirror and ask the Lord to reveal if there's anything hidden, like a presumptuous sin, that it would hinder you in being a vessel of honor fit for the master's use. Because God calls everybody into the ministry of one form or another. You have purpose and usefulness on the earth, and he wants to partner with you. He's got the army of the Lord. He's commander-in-chief, but he's looking for a few good men and women to partner with him that he can fill and clothe with power and send in the earth and turn things back right side up that are upside down. He has need of you this day. I felt like that's a prophetic word for some of you out there. He has need of you, and he's calling you back into the army of the Lord. It's your hour, and there's a shift and an opportunity for you to step through this door and to come back into league and partner with him, and he wants to relaunch you with new weapons of warfare that are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, to set the captive free, to heal the sick, to open the eyes of the blind and the ears of the deaf, to set at liberty those that are captive, and to set people free from the spirit of witchcraft and pharmakia and sorceries and divinations. And he wants to do it in you and through you to others by the power of the Holy Spirit. And tonight he's going to cleanse you by the shed blood of his son. And he's going to give you brand new armor upon you. It's going to be shiny armor in the realm of the spirit. And it doesn't matter what you've done or who you've done it with today. He's restoring you as if. You've never done anything wrong. It's clean slate 
invitation time. You get to come clean with him and he's about to make you clean and set your feet on solid ground. And he's also going to restore unto you the years that the locust and the palmer worm and the caterpillar have eaten out of your life. You'll eat in plenty and never be ashamed and he'll restore you in the house of God. He'll restore your tattered name and he is cleansing you from your past because it is the goodness of God and the mercy of God and the grace of God that is impacting your life and the presence of God is on you even now. Just say yes to God and all those things will begin to flood in. I see him setting you free and an angel standing behind you and cutting things off and breaking you free. There it goes. By the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. You can also share this video with others. You can even take them to this point in the message and it will impact them as a way God did it with you. He'll do it with others because he's no respecter of persons. He loves you just the way you are. But he loves you way too much to leave you in your current condition. The Bible calls witchcraft a work of the flesh. The Bible calls witchcraft a work of the flesh. Galatians 5.20 Now we're going to start in Galatians 5.16-23 to to read this in context. We're talking about getting delivered from and overcoming and destroying the spirit of witchcraft. That witchcraft is influencing somebody by any other spirit than the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Galatians 5, 16 through 23, New King James Version, and this is entitled Walking in the Spirit. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to Galatians at the Church of Galatia. These are believers that were filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I repeat, walk in the Spirit. People say, well, how do I get set free from the lust of the flesh, David, the lust of the eye, the pride of life? Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Do not be drunk with wine wherein there is excess, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. People say to me, David, what is the will of God for my life? The will of God for your life is simple. Be filled with the Spirit. Because out of a filling of the Spirit, everything else becomes clear. If I prophesy to you your life, well, what you're supposed to do, and it's a directional word, that's a great thing. But unless you're filled with the Spirit, you can never fulfill that calling. But if you get filled with the Spirit, and I release a fresh filling and a fresh fire of the Holy Spirit right now into your life, right where you're at, I see him refilling your oil vats, refilling your oil, they're like uh, vials, canisters, or like, uh, he's refilling them with golden oil right now. You're getting a Holy Spirit oil change and upgrade right now. And your vision's going to clear. No more brain fog. You're going to have the mind of Christ out of that filling of the Spirit. The Spirit of God that's filling you right now is going in, rooting up, pulling down, overthrowing, destroying. He's building and planting afresh sickness and disease. I command you to go out of the body, out of the mind, out of the brain right now. And I command healing to flow. I call on the Word of God inside of you to come alive and to overtake those things and to press them out and to zap them out of your body for you to be completely cleansed by the power of the Holy Spirit and completely healed 
of all sickness and dis-ease. I also declare a peaceful night's sleep tonight, for he giveth his beloved sleep. I say then, walk in the Spirit. Isn't it fun that we can just stop and pray and address issues that we see and people can get delivered at the same time as we get a fun teaching and we, we learn from the Word of God but also receive impartation at the same time. I say then, walk in the Spirit, Galatians 5.16, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh wars or lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you don't do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Religion will put you under legal requirements, but the Holy Spirit will give you joy. Jesus twirled about with a reckless abandon. He was so full of the joy of the Lord. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You know, just because you have joy doesn't mean you won't go through some things. But thank God, if the devil can't steal your joy, he can't keep you from getting through to the other side. And Jesus went not just to the cross, and what enabled him to get to the cross, he got through the cross because the oil of joy was on his life. And you can make it through. Without vision, people cast off restraint. But with vision, people will get to the other side. Jesus didn't just see the cross. He saw through the cross to the resurrection, and he saw the lives that would be saved and delivered for generations because he went to the cross, he went through the cross, and even though it was a dark Friday, Sunday was coming. And I'm telling you, Sunday is coming for you right now. You feel like it's been a season where God has allowed the enemy to wear the saints out for the season. Do not give up. Press through your cross situation because Sunday's coming for you. Resurrection time is coming for you. And shift happens. And I declare shift happens for you Right now, the heavenlies are always, are always shifting in your behalf. The Bible goes on to say in verse 19 of Galatians 5, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are, and it names 17 of them. And this is for Christians that he warns. This isn't for the world. This isn't for non-believers. This isn't for people of pagan religions. He's talking to believers. So today, if you're a believer, he's talking to you. Now the works of the flesh, Galatians 5.19, are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, which is witchcraft. What is witchcraft? It is a work of the flesh, biblically. Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do you know what is somebody who practices something? They do it on a regular basis. It's not an event that they stumble and they fall into. I want to break off guilt, shame, and condemnation. If you've gotten stumbled up and tripped up in these things, God is setting you free today. The invitation is here for freedom and deliverance and healing and wholeness and full restoration. But if you've been practicing these things, the Lord rebuke you. Come out from among them and be ye separate, declares the Lord. Repent, turn from your wicked ways and return unto the Lord. If you stumbled and struggled and you're fighting against, God wants to forgive you and set you free. But if you've been practicing these things, check yourself before you wreck yourself. And today, it's a clarion call for you to come back to the Lord. So the works of the flesh, the 17 works of the flesh, one of which is witchcraft 
Witchcraft at its basis level, its entry level, is a work of the flesh, not work of demons. Now, we're going to talk about how demons will partner with you if you continue to do the works of the flesh rooted in rebellion. However, the Holy Spirit will partner with you too as you press in with the Word and you spend time in prayer. And the Holy Spirit will partner with you. But the fruit of the Spirit, notice the works of the flesh are from the enemy, but the fruit of the Spirit is from heaven. You can always tell what spirit a person's operating in because fruit happens through yielding. You never look at an orange tree and ask the orange tree, what are you doing? And the orange tree goes, oh, I'm just trying to produce some fruit. Oh, it's just so hard. Oh, gosh. I just, oh. The orange tree just yields. And God wants us to yield and bear fruit. But works, the word work, scientifically is force against resistance. Force against resistance. That's what work is. And a work of the flesh has a resistance that you're going to push through with your work. God's not impressed with our works. He's impressed with the work of Jesus. And there comes a place where our works cease and his begins and those are the works of God operating through us. So you'll have good works, but they'll be works of the Spirit, not works of the flesh. How do you know they're works of the Spirit? Because they're coupled with the fruit of the Spirit that come from yielding, resting, abiding, and moving at the Spirit's leading. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And if you operate in the Spirit's leading, you're not under the law. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6, this is the New King James Version, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh. For the weapons, or we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're spiritual, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Do you know what a stronghold is? A stronghold, biblically, is anything that is contrary to the will of God. And you know that it's contrary to the will of God, but somehow you're still stuck in it. You can't get over that matter. They're like besetting sins where you say, I know I shouldn't be doing that, but, you know, the spirit is willing, brother, but the flesh is weak. <laughs> no, that's a stronghold because you know you're not supposed to be doing it. Today, God's breaking strongholds. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit and joint and marrow, and is discerner, a distinguisher between the thoughts and intents of the heart, Hebrews 4.12. God is bringing the sword of his spirit into your life lovingly and setting you free and giving you the ability to come out from among them and be separate, to get set free. I see people that have been bound in really a, an addiction to a reliance on, on, on cannabis and marijuana, and you're, you're using it as an excuse. You're like, oh, I've got a medical issue. It's a hangnail. Give it up, man. Throw down the weed. Stop it. Throw it out. Flush it. Time to be free. Anything that controls you, you don't control it, 
You're its servant. And now you become a slave to it. But God wants to set you free. And if you deep down know that you're in error and you're not free, it's a stronghold. But today, God wants to set you free from strongholds. How do we get set free? Number one, the four R's of deliverance. Recognize this is a problem. Two, repent. Come out of agreement with it. Three, renounce it. Flush it. Four, resist it. Don't go pick up the next bag and don't smoke with the person who comes by the house tomorrow or tonight. The enemy will try to come and re-tempt you. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6. For the weapons of our warfare as believers are not carnal. They're not fleshly. Fleshly weapons are have their origin in rebellion, selfish desires, trying to control people by some other spirit other than your partnership with the will of God to set the captives free. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. We have to cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And we bring every thought under the captivity to the obedience of Christ. And listen to this, verse 6, 2 Corinthians 10, 6. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Now, this was a perplexing verse to me where I would be able to punish all disobedience. When I got born again 30 plus years ago, I would read that verse and I didn't feel like I had authority to go punish disobedience because I had been so disobedient myself, been dis so, so disobedient that I saw a lot of disobedience around me, but I didn't feel like I was to go out and correct other people because it would have been legalism, it would have been judgmentalness. But here's what happened is God transformed me over a period of years all of a sudden something changed in me and my obedience became an alignment with his and then the father's heart filled me for other people and then i was able to begin to bring godly correction and to see people set free because once my obedience became fulfilled in him and it's a daily thing the apostle paul said i die daily lest after i preach to others i myself should become a castaway we have to go daily onto the altar. We have to go daily onto the altar and get in alignment with God. And then we're able at his leading to go avenge all disobedience. Otherwise, what happens is we end up trying to correct people with a spirit other than the Holy Spirit. And it just brings dead religion, legalism, the letter of the law that killeth, unless the spirit bringeth life. You know, I, I meet so many mothers and fathers that have children in rebellion, and because I was in rebellion for years, and my mother prayed me through as a prodigal back to the cross, and Jesus visited me in a prison cell in 1990 in Leavenworth Penitentiary, and appeared unto me, and I was dramatically changed in that prison cell. It was me, Jesus, the cockroaches, and a paperback NIV Bible. And here's what happened. God responded to her prayer and sent Jesus to me. And now God often responds to other mothers' prayers and sends Jesus to them in the form of other people. And sometimes it's me. And what's interesting is I found that loving mothers who are praying for their sons have a tendency to browbeat their children with scriptures. They browbeat them. It's the letter of the law. It's a form 
of the work of the flesh, but with the scriptures, like a Pharisee or a Sadducee. And it lacks love, even though they love their children, their love level when they share the word of God. They're so frustrated from being up late at night praying for their children and bailing them out of jail and loaning them money and trying to get them jobs again after they messed up the last one or failed to show up or they had to pay their phone bill because they spent the money on things they shouldn't have and they're frustrated. And out of that frustration, their love level sinks down and then they minister out of the letter of the law, which is a work of the flesh. And it's a form of an entry-level type of witchcraft. And then I share with them the love of God. I don't know them, so it's easier for me to love them. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they feel the presence of God. And they get free. And I literally have to encourage the mother or the father to zip the lip. Sometimes we have to zip the lip and not speak to people about their issues and just love on them until we have the word of the Lord. It's the goodness of God that leadeth people to repentance, not the browbeating harshness of the letter of the law. There's three tools of witchcraft, and then we're going to close. Three tools of witchcraft. And these are a work of the flesh. Here's the three tools or the trademarks of witchcraft. You ready? Number one is manipulation. Number two is intimidation. And number three is domination. Now what's interesting is manipulation is doing something without the use of physical force. Jezebel manipulated without the use of physical force. Ahab had authority. He was a king. But his wife, Jezebel, was a queen. What did she do? She took his signet ring of authority and had Naboth's vineyard snatched out from under him and had him, false witness, was born against him. She paid people off, and then she used his signet ring of authority, and then she got Naboth murdered, and Naboth's vineyard was given unto Ahab. So women more likely are to operate in manipulation, so are children. Men, on the other hand, are more likely to operate in intimidation. But both have the same goal when it's a work of the flesh, and that's domination, which is control. So women have a tendency to manipulate because God made women not as strong physically as men. You can just look at the biology of it. It's true. But God put man in a place to protect women with his strength, not to harm them, not to intimidate them, not to dominate them, but to liberate them and to protect them. Men are called for safety and security in a relationship. Women are nurturing. Men are horizontal. They'll tell you, or they're, they're vertical in their relationship. You go into a party, who are you? I'm so-and-so. This is my job. Here's my position at work. Women, on the other hand, will be like, who are you? Oh, I'm so-and-so. I'm so-and-so's wife. Here's my children horizontal. So here, men are vertical with authority. Women are horizontal in relationships, and there you've got the cross. Isn't that beautiful? So the enemy tries to flip this thing, and he tries to get a woman to get out of her rightful position, equal with the husband, but in a different purpose and calling where they fit together. And she tries to become the head with manipulation. And the man fights back with his God-given calling. So he gets angry with intimidation. 
he has fits of anger and rage and he threatens and pushes her around sometimes. And so she's like, okay, I'm going to burn the food. I'm going to get even. I'm going to go out shopping. I'm going to spend money. So she begins to manipulate with this and that. So women will manipulate, men will intimidate, but both want to dominate. And guess what? It's witchcraft. It's Christian witchcraft when it happens in the home. You know what the Lord spoke to me one day? He said, David, the wife will only submit to the husband when the husband is submitted to the Lord. He said, Ephesians chapter five, I looked it up and I was like, oh my gosh, husbands, wives submit to your husbands. And then it also goes to say, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Husbands, you want to know why your wife may not be acting right? Why she's not submitting to you? Because there ain't enough Christ in you to for her service submit to. And she ain't going to submit to the devil in you. Wake up. Shake it off. Repent. Recognize the problem is maybe you. Repent. Renounce it and resist those desires. And love her as Christ loved the church. And you'll see a change in her. Because you don't want your daughter submitting to the devil to some guy. You want her to submit to Christ and the man who loves and protects her. So that's just a little side note. The wife will only submit to the husband when the husband is submitted to the Lord. Pretty crazy, huh? So she's not really rebelling against you. She's rebelling against the devilish ways in you versus yielding and submitting to Christ in you, the hope of glory, who loves her and is willing to lay down his life for her, willing to lay down the remote control for her, willing to lay down his desire. Buy her some flowers. Get her some chocolates. Do something. Demonstrate some sacrifice. You'll see a change in her as you love her as Christ loves the church. And woman, my goodness, cook him a nice meal. Do something for him that you would want him to do for you, and it will break the ice. And God will restore me. I call forth marriage restorations tonight. And I speak a change of the heart. I pluck out the root of bitterness. The Bible says, beware lest any root of bitterness lay hold, spring up, cause trouble, and thereby many become defiled. Jesus said, every plant that's not been planted by my heavenly Father should be rooted up. I speak and I curse the root of bitterness in you. And I command it to dissolve by the blood of the Lamb. If you want to be free, just raise your hand and God will set you free at your act of faith from the root of bitterness. There it goes. And he's setting you free right now. It's just about giving him permission, recognizing, repenting, changing your mind about the matter. I don't want to be bitter anymore. And then renouncing. I renounce bitterness. I will not allow that into my life again and resist it from entering back in a second time. So manipulation, intimidation, and domination are the three trademarks or the three earmarks or the three tools of witchcraft in its fleshly form. There are higher levels of witchcraft, and as we close, I'm just going to go ahead and share those with you. There's three arms of witchcraft. One is the power arm, and it operates through spells and curses. This is not fleshly witchcraft. This is when you're empowered by demon spirits at the next level. Remember, when you come to Christ, you start to read the word, the Holy Spirit will partner with you. When you operate in fleshly witchcraft, demons will come and partner with you. What spirit do you want to be in partnership with? Because both of them have retirement plans that are out of this world. One just happens to be in the smoking section. The other one's in the non-smoking section. 
One is very high up, the other one's really low down. So partner with the right spirit. So witchcraft is the power arm and it operates through spells and curses. Divination is the predictive arm. It operates in counterfeit revelation and familiar spirits like fortune tellers that will come to pronounce Satan's destiny on you, not God's. And the third is sorcery. It operates through things, objects, or articles of affection such as potions, charms, talesmen, drugs, and music. We're not going to get into drugs and music tonight or the other things. We're going to call it a night. But just know this, there's freedom and liberty from the spirit of witchcraft. So what's the name of our message tonight? The name of our message is Defeating the Spirit of Witchcraft. Please feel free to share this with others and invite others to this page and how to recognize, overcome, and destroy the spirit of witchcraft. I'm David Herobedian, virtualchurchmedia.com. You can go to virtualchurchtv.com. We have a number of, of our TV broadcasts there that will feed you and fill you with the Word of God. If you want to partner with us, feel free to do that on virtualchurchmedia.com. But today, I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for giving us the insight and the revelation on how to recognize, combat, and defeat the spirit of witchcraft which operates through partnership with rebellion against God. Tonight, we come out of agreement with rebellion and bitterness and the works of the flesh. We come into agreement with you to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to be cleansed by the shed blood of the Lamb. I pray that you would now put brand new armor on each individual as they sleep and slumber in their beds tonight. I pray that you would visit them with dreams and visions you would open their ears you would have angels come with messages from heaven to set their feet on solid ground to redirect their path i declare you're no longer derailed in your calling and purpose with god but today your wheels are put back on god's prophetic railroad tracks for you to receive your destiny and i declare by the power of the name and authority of Jesus who came to destroy the works of the devil. I annihilate every work of addiction, the spirit of anger that manifests as sarcasm, sarcastic words, and I break off the spirit of judgment and legalism and rebellion. And I declare you loosed and set free by the power of the Holy Spirit right now in jesus mighty name god bless you we'll see you next week sure. okay.